just a quick word from us here at World of Wally. Um, we are always looking for support from our listeners to help continue our purpose, continue our drive, continue our mission. Uh, here at World of Wally, we strive to provide top-notch, compelling content that appeals to all ages and backgrounds. We do approach the podcast as a vehicle to deliver this information in a way that everyone, even the common man or common woman, feels that content speaks directly to them. We can only continue to provide thought-provoking and engaging conversations and guests with your help and your support. World of Wally is nothing without you, the listener, and your support. Thank you from all of us here at World of Wally. And if you want to become part of our journey here as this project continues, uh, find out more at our Patreon link uh, at www.patreon.com front slash world of Wally. Uh, you also will be able to find it in the episode notes of each episode throughout season two. Like I said, guys, we couldn't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. So anything you can do to help, we appreciate it. And as always, guys, Wally out. All right, guys, glad to have you back today to the world of Wallet. My name is William, and I'm your host. Uh, the guests that I have today are, is a tag team of sorts. They were ex-professional wrestlers. They are now tag teaming the podcast slash radio market in the Memphis, Tennessee area. They are officially known as the Heavyweight Chumps. They have gained quite a following since first launching their podcast in 2017. They present entertainment and wrestling news with their unique charm and humor. Maddox and Thunder Cookies, uh, also known as Devin, are veterans of the festival circuit having provided coverage of the Oxford Film Festival in Oxford, Mississippi, the Magnolia Film Festival in Starkville, Mississippi, the Memphis Film Prize, Indy Memphis, and Mid-South Hemp Fest, all in Memphis, Tennessee. During these festivals, they've interviewed numerous actors, filmmakers, and musicians from the independent level and beyond. The Heavyweight Chumps Radio Hour was launched in October of 2019 on RadioMemphis.com. Previous guests include Steve Cox and Ron Fuller, who are professional wrestlers, Rick Ramos, Mo Alexander, and Ambrose Jones, which are comedians, Dominique Tipper, Lisa Wilcox, Jeremy Sand, Larry Hankin, who are all actors, Al Capone, Amy LaVere, Muck Sticky, Tony Menard, who are musicians, and Whitney Matheson and Matt Penfield, who are journalists. And they have interviewed many more, but that's just a few to list. You can find the Hollywood Chumps Radio Hour on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Central Time at www.radio-memphis.com. Now, about the host, Maddox and Devin, a.k.a. Thunder Cookies. They come from an indie wrestling background and want to share their views and brand of humor with you and everybody. Devin Reigns, like I said, is known as Thunder Cookies. He was a wrestling veteran of 14 plus years. He had his own brand of humor and views on life and pop culture and, of course, wrestling. Maddox was a longtime journalist he also had a passion for pop culture and comedy and shares his unique take on topics ranging from movies and music to the newest it shows or books 
Uh, Maddox also had a short period of time, a brief period of time during the, his wrestling days as an announcer and as a manager. So these two are the perfect couple. Um, they bring a style to the radio and to the podcast world that is unique. We'll just leave it at that. They're unique. My mother always told me never call people strange or weird, so they're unique. All right, so uh, guys, I, I can't wait for you to hear uh, my interview with these guys. They uh, We talk about a little bit of everything. We definitely talk about some old school wrestling, which took me back to when I was a young boy. So uh, hang in there, guys, and after the break... I bring to you the heavyweight chumps, Maddox and Thunder Cookies. All right, guys, after the break. Hey, guys, this is William here at World of Wally. Just want to talk about a partner that we picked up for season two. It's FNX Fit. They are a nutrition and supplement company. Uh, Everything that they produce is made in the USA. So we are made in the USA proud here at World of Wally. So we wanted to partner with these guys. You will be able to go to the link that will be in the episode description. Um, it's fnx.grsm.io front slash world of Wally. And you'll be able to use this discount code FNX7DFQ at checkout. And by doing that and by using that exclusive link, you're going to receive 15% off your purchase. And you can reuse that link and that code to get that deal every time you visit the site. And remember guys, World of Wally appreciates their listeners, appreciates their fans, appreciates their followers and their subscribers. And that's why we partnered with these guys because they have the same outlook that we do. It's all about helping people. All right guys, we're back from the break. And as promised, my guest today, going by only the name Maddox, and his, uh, his special guest that I didn't have, have no idea I was going to get a chance to talk to tonight, his co-host and partner, Thunder Cookies, Devin Rains. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Doing all right. My guest over here is definitely special, but we don't want to give him a big head. It's already Listen, big enough. We're not going to get in. special. Yeah. We're not going to get into the helmet wearing and the short bus riding. We're not going to do that because he's your partner. You, you need to be friends, okay? <laughs> he drives the bus. He is the bus driver. He is. I've, I've always told folks when they told me I was special. Yep, and I toted the keys. All right, so there you, go. you guys have one of the most interesting podcasts that I've ever had an opportunity to listen to. Uh, you guys are also based out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, now, I know... Maddox, you are uh, based out of Mississippi. You told me that earlier. Now, where where does the Thunder Cookies, where does he uh, hail from? I hail from Pontotoc. Pontotoc, Mississippi. He's a Mississippi boy, too. Ain't no way. Well, I'll tell you what, when we get off the air, I got a couple of Pontotoc questions for you because I used to, I worked out of Oxford at the University of Mississippi for about almost four years. So I know quite a few folks from Pontotoc. So, all right, so, um, before we jump into the podcast and you tell me about how amazing it is and how in the world you have had such uh, unbelievable success since January of 2018, let's go back a little ways. Let's go back to where you guys were kind of cutting your teeth and, and, and building your stories that we hear on your podcast. You guys were both professional wrestlers. Uh, I, I Technically, I guess you're still professional wrestlers. You made a comment earlier that you never retire. So... Take us back a few years and and give us a couple of war stories from your wrestling days, or wrestling days, as some of these folks around here refer to it. <laughs> First of all, tell, um, us, tell us the the actual. Now, here, here's the problem. I've got some listeners that think the WWE and TNA and, or whatever it's called, Impact Wrestling now, and then uh, AEW are the only wrestling promotions in the world. Uh, Explain to them that you guys did something called regional wrestling. Yeah, and if you go back, you really, to to understand it properly, you have to go back to pre-84 before Vince McMahon did the national expansion to start putting the WWF on the map on cable. And you had territory systems. You would have, basically there would be each state now as a governing body in Mississippi you still have to you still have to go through the athletic association 
and get a license to wrestle, whereas in Tennessee, I don't think you do. Tennessee, no. And, um, but it's generally you have one show per town. You don't generally see more than that because you don't want to have two promoters kind of stepping on one another's toes, although it has been done and it pretty much has been done to death in the northeast part of Mississippi where you've had more than one in too close of a proximity that has almost killed the business in that market. Okay. So, uh, um, you guys, y'all were, were y'all based out of the Memphis region? Is that where the majority of your time was spent? Or did you spend a lot of time in Mississippi and other states? I spent most of mine in Mississippi. I actually got brought in on a fluke. I, um, I was a, I'm a, I came out of the newspaper business and, uh, Kenny, luscious Kenny Valiant came into my office one day with Handsome Jimmy. And it was Handsome Jimmy's retirement tour after 70 years. Now he still hasn't retired, so I guess it's been a long tour. Um, but he found out that the promoter finds out I'm a fan. So he decides, well, Hey, you want to come in and do a special referee spot? Now I've got bad knees, which are going to limit me in potentially getting in the ring. And my way of thinking was, I don't want to screw up something that's going on, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go out there and I'll announce. And that's how I got my start was announcing. And, uh, they, I told him at one point, I, I went to him, we were doing everything. We were running shows every two weeks in the National Guard armories around the area. And um, I went to him one day and I said, look, I said, I, I want to turn heel. And he goes, in your hometown. I said, yes, where better to do it? And so I take a payoff from one of the heel managers during an I Quit match. And I'm the one holding the mic in the ring that has to get the ref, when the wrestler says I quit, I'm the one that puts it up to his mouth for him to say it. Well, this time, since I took the payoff, when the heel had the guy in a submission move, I just grabbed the mic and said, I quit into the mic, real muffled. Referee, of course, rings the bell, boom, boom, everything goes off. I ran into fans in the grocery store that were at that show. And I'm in there trying to get things paid for and get out. And I hear this guy go, you're that son of a gun that took that pay off. You ought, to, you, should, you ought to be ashamed what you did, that old boy. And I'm sitting there going, good Lord, somebody never told him Santa was fake either. Yeah, the, how long ago was it? How many years back are we talking about? Oh, God, that was... That was before I was married, so... Had to be at least 12 or 13 years ago. 12 or 13. Okay, so we're we're still talking post 2000. Let me Yeah, now this same guy still calls me payoff when he sees we, me. Well, you're talking about that, about how how serious and how real they took that. Let me tell you, let me inject a real quick story for you here. You'll enjoy this. Um you're familiar with the regional promotion Mid-South Wrestling that was out of Oklahoma. Um, I know it was out of Oklahoma, but I don't know where it covered down into Oklahoma, the southern. Louisiana. Yeah, it covered into the southern part of Mississippi because we used to get it off one of the local coastal channels. And That's before my talking about the Bill Watts Mid-South. Yeah, right? Bill Watts. Yes, and before okay. my my grandfather uh, was in his seventies, and uh, every Saturday, no matter what was going on. At 12.30 p.m. on WLOX, which is the coastal uh, ABC affiliate, we had to sit in front of the television and we had to watch the man soap opera, the Mid-South Wrestling. And he screamed. I never heard him raise his voice except on Saturday from 12.30 to 1.30 when he would scream at the television at... Uh, Nikita Koloff and uh, <laughs> the, the Iron Sheik and uh, who? Oh, Skandar Akbar. Oh, he really loved Skandar Akbar. Um, he, uh, of course, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, Ted DiBiase. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would have been. Oh, the Junkyard Dog, which was his absolute favorite, I might add. Um, you know, when all and that's that, back when the Junkyard Dog was in shape. When, oh, the junkyard dog was one of the most impressive human beings I had ever seen at that time in my life. Of course, 
I was going to ask you, you two guys, because you know they, they, uh, some of my listeners probably have never caught your show or, or never seen any of your stuff on social media. Uh, you two guys are built like the Bash Brothers, right off of uh, off W or recently off WWE. They've now split them up. You two guys are built like the Bash Brothers, right? Like six eight, three twenty. Looks like you can run. More like 5'10", 3'15". Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so you have a more solid base is what you're saying. I'm saying if I was a couple inches shorter, I'd be completely round. Listen, everybody's got to have a shape. Spear happens to be yours. I'm cool with that. I'm not far from it myself, so. But I just want to interject that story because the way that guy took that, it was so real to him. I remember being a young boy and watching a, a, a man an elderly man that I revered because of the, his temperament lose his mind for one hour every Saturday watching professional wrestling. So For us, it was an hour and a half on Saturday mornings from 10.30 to noon. Well, see, you I, got uh, CWA or USWA on WMC Channel 5, the NBC affiliate down here. Oh, yeah. And my, grandpa, my grandfather was a huge fan, and he's the reason I got into it. Well, so I, I understand your I'm telling you, completely. as a small boy, and I see my I was only seven or eight years old, my grandfather passed away. So you can imagine as a five or six year old little boy seeing this elderly gentleman that had worked his whole life and could do anything. I thought he was Superman. And he was so even temperament. And then all of a sudden Skandar Akbar tried to blind the junkyard dog and this man lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a big deal down here. We were screaming government conspiracy when that happened. <laughs> All right, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to hijack your story. I just it made me think of my grandpa when you were talking about how real that guy thought everything was. So absolutely, and the people that think it's real are the ones that you. I I'm gonna tell this. It wasn't. It was a show I attended. I wasn't working the show. Uh, when they were still TNA, they brought a pay-per-view to South Haven. Mm-hmm. And I had scored tickets. Uh, it happened that my then fiance, or my fiance at the time's roommate from college, her brother was working in the PR department for TNA. Okay. So I scored free tickets for the, for the pay-per-view, and, and me and a buddy of mine go up there, and we're sitting there, and at this point, it's right when... Karen Angle starts going out with Jeff Jarrett. And this guy is about three rows up from me, and he just starts going, Go back to your husband, you hussy. Why are you out here with Jeff Jarrett? You ought to be with your husband. You're ruining your family. And I listened to him go off like this for the entire 20 to 25 minutes of the match. I finally stood up and said, Hey, you know this is fixed, right? You would have thought I told him there was no Santa Claus. Why did you do that? Why did you crush that man's spirit that way? Because I'm a natural heel and I knew I could. That's true. I I have noticed you have a very heel. Now, i tell you what, real quick, like, and I know this is going to blow you guys' minds, especially here in the Deep South, but I have listeners that don't know a whole lot about professional wrestling. So when you when they hear you use terms like heel... They have no idea what you're talking about, except they they pretty much assess that you're a bad guy. Because I mean, listen to you—you you sound like a bad guy. So, yeah. The, the so so help my listeners out real quick with the terminology. Terms you've got baby faces and heels, right? Which is your good guys are the baby faces, your bad guys are the heels. And they would officially kick me out of the locker room for sharing that bit of insider knowledge with most it's, people. But it, I think Vince pretty much has screwed the pooch on that. So I think to say, I, I think the WWE has officially destroyed that whole concept. What What about? I, I used the term earlier, and and I realize some of my listeners might not even know what I'm talking about. Uh, what What is kayfabe? Kayfabe means keeping up the appearance of the work even away from the business, making it appear as believable as possible. Uh, To put it to you like this, when it comes to kayfabe, there were still some promoters when I was still involved heavily that if the baby faces and the heels went to eat together at the same place after the show, they wouldn't book some of them back to make them learn the lesson of you shouldn't be mixing like that after a show. 
That's crazy. So um, the reason I asked that is because uh, I, 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 didn't, I had no idea what the term kayfabe actually meant back years ago when I was, you know, initially started watching wrestling. And I had a... I it's was, Carney speaking, all honesty. I was actually working. My uncle um, had just recently opened a uh, shell station in the, the town that I'm actually uh, broadcasting out of now in Columbia. And I was working a Friday night, and this big, huge stretch limo pulled up, you know, to fuel up and, and you know, stuff like that before they headed back out on the road. And people just started pouring out of it. I mean, just one guy right after another. And then I, I realized, I recognized a couple of them and said, oh my God, that's Ted DiBiase. And, you know, oh my God, that's uh, you know whoever, and I noticed that the very guys that had been featured in in matches against each other right across town were riding in the same vehicle, and I had a, a and for guy, the fact that Bill Watts let them get away with that surprises and yet, me. Because and it was one of the worst about that. Hey, and the crazy thing is, is uh, I some of them might not even know they were in the same vehicle. Because when they opened the door, the smoke that billowed out had a very unique odor to it. And I'll just leave that there because I don't want to implicate anybody in criminal activity. So It made the whole town happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Everybody in that vehicle had no issues just going to leave that there. So uh, they came back with a lot of rolling papers and a lot of alcohol. I'm just going to leave that there. So. But uh, that's why I was asking about some of the terminology because I know, can you believe in 2020, every human being on the planet doesn't actually know about wrestling and all that it entails? It's, it's kind of shocking. It is kind of We grew up on it, but it's an institution in the South, and that may be why. I mean, you, you don't, and again, because it's not as regional as it used to be, I think is part of that reason, too, because people were loyal to their regional promotions, and you don't see those very often. Right. Now, both of you, you guys, y'all co-hosted a show together, but you, you two were also partners back in the day? No, just uh, just knew each other. Y'all just and ran into each other. In a lot oh, okay. of rooms and got along and uh, kept in touch. And uh, I was actually, I, when I moved into a managerial role for a, a team, it was Oddly enough, I kind of ripped a little bit of your bit off when I when I started working with Popular. Um, it was uh, I was out there calling the match, and they had a guy who wrestled under the name of Bone Crusher, who kind of looked like Fred Flintstone. Okay, tagging up with a guy that worked by the name of Special Ed, wearing a Ninja Turtle T-shirt, carrying a lunchbox. Wrestling two guys, a tag team called Popular, that were wrestling in red and blue singlets. And I made the remark that it looked like Saturday morning wrestling in the ring with a Ninja Turtle and Fred Flintstone taking on the Power Rangers. And every time the bad guys, which was Popular, would start kicking somebody in the corner, I'd just start going red or blue Power Ranger kick. And they got so tickled at my commentary, they would be over in the corner hiding their faces because they were trying not to let the crowd see them laughing. So they come up to me after the show and go, you can't do that. You are killing us. So they ended up having to turn me and they put me with them. <laughs> and we were pretty much off and running. We got to the point, I think, and Devin, you can attest to this. Once they put that pack, once all four of us got together, it was a, they had to turn us baby because we were getting the reactions from the crowd that the baby faces couldn't get. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did have fans in that, in a couple of those arenas, it was because I always liked to. Uh, my bit was I always carried the wireless mic from the announce table, and I would basically commentate during the matches I was managing for. So I would stand in the corner and still call the match, and there were these guys that would sit the same spot every week. And this guy starts yelling, get your fat butt out of the way. I can't see what's going on in the ring. And I said, well, you can listen to me describe it. You no account, no tooth habit. <laughs> so, so instead of Jim Cornette and a megaphone, you took an actual wireless microphone to the stage. Yeah, pretty much. That's, uh, uh, that's crazy. And, and Cornette and uh, Bobby Heenan would be the two that, yeah, I probably ripped off the most in all honesty. It's okay, though, because, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, they say. 
Well, I didn't get paid as much as they did, so well, I wasn't true. that good of an invitation. That's, that's, well, I don't know now. I don't know. You just you never got that big break, I guess, is what it is. You know, everybody doesn't get their big break. I want that big break. So, um, between the two of you guys, since y'all are both standing there and you're eyeballing each other right now, which one of you were the most successful during your, your, your wrestling stand? Now, now I know y'all not officially retired, but... Let's just say back when y'all were in your heyday and y'all were really rolling, which one of y'all had the most success? That's, you can't really say it because it's, it's like comparing apples to oranges when you compare a manager to a wrestler. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Thundercook is just going to say he was the best. Just saying. Well, I, I did hold the world title a few times. Really? Where? Really? In the <laughs> That wasn't a world title. That was barely the Tupelo Heavyweight Championship. Oh, still. Oh, shout out to Tupelo, guys. Tupelo Heavyweight Championship. I mean, I can't really argue with you because I managed the tag team champions in the same place. So, <laughs> so in, the, in the state of Mississippi, uh, two of the biggest hotbeds are South Haven and, and, of course, Tupelo. I know both of those. I see a lot of activity up that way. And you, you brought up something earlier that brought back jar to memory in me because my dad for years was, was over the, he was the, in charge of the National Guard uh, and everything that went on at the Armory. So he would have to go out and when you guys would come into our area, he'd have to go out and oversee you know, y'all setting up all your ring stuff and all that. And, you know, make sure nobody was getting in ahead of time and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was crazy to see that stuff being set up, especially as a young guy because uh, you see it on television, it looks a lot different. Um, I, I, I've heard them talk about how, the, oh man, it, you can't get hurt on that when you get body slammed or they, they jump off the top rope on you. Uh, that floor is like, it's like a springboard, but it's not because the rings oh, are, crap. the rings are, there's a spring, are, there is a spring under there, but that is all board, I can assure well, that's, you. There's some, there's some padding, but when you, trust me, it still hurts. Well, I know the spring part, I know it's supposed to add the volume effect like in the bigger productions. I mean, like the WWE, for example. I know that's that's a production issue. That's got nothing to do with y'all's safety or comfort. So, um, I, I can't believe Thunder Cookie, well, he did say he was the heavyweight champion, and you called him a liar on this recording. I cannot believe you just said that. I thought you guys were supposed to be friends. I didn't call him a liar. I said he wasn't a world champion. When you only defend it in one town, you're not a world champion. Well, he's <laughs> the city. The world Just like I, See? Consider, I don't consider Jerry Lawler's run as the unified heavyweight champion in the USWA a world heavyweight championship either. You know, I've always wondered, and you were talking about you did you helped with some of the promotion stuff. I always wondered how a guy like Jeff Jarrett or a guy like Jerry Lawler ever held a title in their own promotion. I mean, that makes no sense to me. That's like Cody uh, Rhodes in AEW. I could never picture you him put as... The, you put the belt on the man you know that's going to be there every time. Yeah, but I, I still... it kind of If Cody Rhodes was to become the heavyweight champion in AEW tomorrow, let's say, and he held it for a solid year before he you know gave it up or relinquished it, it would, in my opinion, it would take away credibility to the organization because if you're going to try to be the the big guy, the brass, and you're also going to try to be a wrestler, you need to try to. In my own opinion, now I, you guys are going to differ because you actually no, I, I no, I you guys have been into battles, but yeah, you're exactly right. In, in all honesty, and the reason they could get away with it back then is number one, Jeff, when it was in the Memphis territory, didn't own the company it was his father and jerry but they did a good enough job keeping it out of the limelight that jerry was actually one of the owners of the memphis territory he was also the top draw before he ever bought into the territory so it just made sense for him to keep being the top guy unfortunately you are now in a situation now where you are with mid-south wrestling in memphis they didn't build anybody for the future and that's why you still have 70-year-old Lawler and Dundee going out and still working shows. 70 years old, that's crazy. Which, you know, what's crazy is a lot of these wrestlers that are still hanging on that are well beyond their prime, but they're still, and they still draw is what amazes me. 
I never had a prize. <laughs> well, that's just, I'll give you a prize. We talked about this offset, and one of my, probably one of my all-time, at least top five wrestlers, favorites of mine, was Sting. Look, by the time Sting got to WWE, he was washed up. He was done. And I hated yeah. it. It took so long for him to get there because I would have loved to have seen him five years earlier in the WWE just to see what he could have done. Um, I thought the same thing was going to happen to a guy like AJ Styles, but they finally signed him and got him in. You know, it, it took a little, he took a, a route through Japan before he got there. But uh, I can't imagine AJ Styles 10 years ago in the WWE. Because he, he was... Little known fact is they tried to sign him, but they offered him a developmental deal. He was making more money in TNA. Well, yeah, I, I knew that they tried to get him. They didn't They didn't have the confidence in his abilities that he ended up showing in TNA. But um, I just can't imagine that guy 10 years ago being in the WWE, though. Um, so, two, uh, two quick questions, and then we're going to shift gears to you guys' podcast. Number one, do you guys... First of all... Who is the probably the most recognizable or well-known or famous? We we'll use that term "famous" wrestler that was that you guys ever faced, or or who like what was the most well-known or recognizable uh, personality that that was managed by y'all? Because I know one of y'all did a lot of management, one of y'all did a lot of wrestling. What? Yeah, what I did be? the managing. The, the the most notable name that I ever got the opportunity to manage. And I kind of wish I hadn't gotten to manage him at, on this particular show because he was, well, four to five sheets to the wind instead of three, um, would be Jake the Snake. Oh, the man, Jake the Snake. I still love Jake the Snake, even though he's got a lot of demons. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah. Go ahead. Me, I've been in the locker room with uh, Buff Bagwell and Dutch Mantel and I've actually done spots in their matches um Wildfire Tommy Rich I've got my own opinion on mm, don't we all <laughs> uh, well wake up wake up Devin and ask him who, who the most famous or the most recognizable individual he ever got a chance to get in the ring with hmm most recognizable Motley Cruz. Oh. Really? You go Motley's the most recognizable you got in the, in the ring with? Yeah, I never got in, in the ring and wrestled any of the bigger names. Did you? Did you just you, did run-ins. Did yeah. you power bomb Tommy Lee? Because that would be awesome if you did. So. I would say, ooh, other than for me, management-wise, I didn't get to manage him. But the one that turned out to be the most fun for me to meet in the back mm-hmm. was Kamala. Oh, yeah, the Ugandan warrior. Kamala was just one of the nicest guys when he didn't have to be. Yeah. He'd already been to the big show. He'd already made his mark. But you go back there and meet him, and he was it was just like he was there for his first show, just like you were. I mean, right. he was just as nice as he could be. He had less of an ego than most of the people that never went out of, outside of the regional promotions. Yeah, he uh, even after he after he kind of fi- faded from the from the limelight or you know the the, the big stage, uh, he showed up in the town that I'm based out of. He showed up at a local church uh, as a guest speaker, and uh, and I showed up and it was a, a predominantly African American church. So and I'm I'm not African American, so I. Like a grain of salt and a pepper shaker, you know. Me and two of my buddies showed up, so uh, we sat in the back. Came in just as he was getting started, and the guy got up, for, you know, talked about his days, you know, and, you know, his heyday in wrestling and all this kind of stuff. And of course, he provided this inspirational message. And at the end of it, we they had a little meet and greet. So I walked up to him and shook his, went to shake his hand, and his fingers, like like his middle finger hit me somewhere about halfway up my forearm and I could not believe that the guy's hand was that large because I mean I'm I'm not a small guy and my hands aren't that small but when he grabbed my hand to shake my hand I felt the, his fingers like I said about halfway up my forearm and I was so shocked by it that he asked me you know did I enjoy the evening and the only thing I could say probably the stupidest thing you could have said I said 
man, I, I've never heard you speak before, literally, because I'd never in his wrestling days had ever heard him say a word. So, um, and then that's you know, true because he was, always had a manager. That was a crazy, awkward moment, and then that was that was my moment with Kamala, and then like I said, I never got a chance to run into him again. So. I don't know. It's just weird. It threw me off though when he shook my hand though, and his you know his fingers, like I said, hit halfway up my forearm. I didn't. I didn't realize human beings had hands that large. So <laughs> he could palm a basketball. Oh, oh, I could imagine. He probably could wrap his fingers you all the way an, around it. So. Thunder Cookies has an amendment. What's the amendment? I said Motley Cruz, but I forgot I had I had wrestled Nightmare Ken Wayne and Brickhouse Brown in a tag match. Oh. All right. See now, Brickhouse, I give you. Ken Wayne used to sell cars with my Uncle Ronnie, so oh, I don't, that one don't mean a lot to me. Will you uh, quit tearing down Thunder Cookies? He's, he had his moment, and you're taking it from him. Stop. I'm going to have to get you guys... That's my job. I'm going to have to get you guys counseling. I don't know what's going on with you two. I'm going to have to get y'all some counseling. Especially if y'all going to continue to co-host a show together. All right, I so, threaten to fire him every week. <laughs> all right, so, all right, wrestling, fantastic. You just took me back 35 or so, you know, probably 40 years back with some of the stuff we just talked about. Now, let's talk about present day. Uh, in uh, January of 2018, you're listed as a creator. Are you also going to give Devin some partial credit, or is he getting no creation credit? He's just a host. I gotta get clear on I'm this. I'm sitting now. here pondering on that one right now. Come on, give it, give him, question. come on now, give him a little bit here. Make him a co-creator in 2018, and let's get started, okay? I, I, I'll tell you what I will say is he's been a good computer bitch. <laughs> Look, he, the man uh, is not only good he like, because he can run a computer. Give the man some credit. All right, so. All right, he's a co-creator to a co-creator. That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> Devin, I, I appreciate you hanging in there, man. I knew we'd keep working on it until we got you some credit for something. So, Thank you. Right, you're going to get so, some pay raise. So, 2018, you guys start Heavyweight Chumps, the podcast. Of course, y'all, you have other stuff, but Heavyweight Chumps is what I've kind of gravitated to. And then I, I was laughing off set with you about what y'all called uh, your fan page. Now, what did you originally... <laughs> What did the you originally? No, 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 no. What did you originally call it? And your wife it shot it a, down. Okay, it was originally called the Beer Gut Brotherhood. That is one of the most awesome fan page names ever. And I don't know what is wrong with your wife. Why she would shoot that down? She said that it did not factor in female fans, and I tried to explain to her we could just call the female fans the Chubby Chasers, but she didn't see, like that there, idea. See, you talked too much. That's what happened. You talked yourself right out of that one. So then you came up with what? What is the actual current name of the fan page? Now it is known as the Chumpamaniacs. The That's Chump where our fan page is. You can find it on Facebook. Uh, and yeah, there's there's been talk that we may actually do some uh, some Carolina blue tearaway chumpamaniac tank tops in the old style of the Hogan shirts. Oh my gosh! See, we, I talked about this offset with you the first time I heard that or I read that. All I could see was Hulk Hogan standing in the middle of the ring with his hand up to his ear, like he had some kind of hearing disability. Like seventy thousand people screaming at him wasn't loud enough, so. All right, so... Well, we're only going to put them out in extended sizes. You can't get in the smaller or medium. That's a wash rag to us. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Skinny people do not need those shirts. That is exactly right. Big boys, like me, for example, big boys need shirts like that. All right, so... See? 2018, you guys started your podcast journey, and now we're in 2020, and there is there any way the two of you guys could have ever conceived the success and the popularity you guys have had to this point it still feels unreal to me I mean I agree I you mean, guys have still... put up some ridiculous numbers I mean I, I pulled some of y'all's stats y'all pulled up some ridiculous numbers now I know yeah. I know that both of y'all 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 are a bit of a semi-star especially in that region up there I mean you, you guys are pretty well known but y'all can't have that many Facebook fans. There's no way. So somebody besides your Facebook family is listening to your shows. And they are loving yeah. it. 
Yeah, but and, and I'll say this: the podcast, for what it is, is still not pulling the numbers the radio show does. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Um, and that's okay with me because the podcast lets me have on friends that are podcasters of friends of mine I can have on the podcast that maybe wouldn't be able to get on radio right or I can bring on um independent filmmakers and actors and things of that nature uh, which lets us have a broader appeal uh in the podcast realm but uh you know yeah we started in in 2018 and it was just one of those things where we originally started and said okay we're going to do a weekly show and I think we went maybe two months and figured out we were having we were recording so much in the course of a week we needed to go to a twice a week show. Uh, so we ran every we ran twice a week for a, over a year. Um, most podcasts at two years in have barely topped a hundred episodes, and I think we're somewhere around one hundred and thirty five. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's. It's crazy, and then the, the the fact that we ended up on radio was just, for lack of a better term, was a fluke. What what I I, I saw your radio station. What, I mean your uh, radio program. What what is your radio show title? The radio show is called the Heavyweight Chumps Radio Hour XXL. XXL. Because we extended to a two-hour show, so calling it the radio hour wasn't exactly fair. That's right. So we said, well, we'll just add an extra, extra large. <laughs> yeah, that was false advertising. If you were telling them you were going to be there an hour, y'all hadn't even got started good in an hour, so. Usually that's exactly right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the we got lucky in that I had, uh, back in my day, I used to be a, email contributor with the uh, Afternoon Drive guys with Rock 103 out of Memphis. Okay. And I kept in touch with Rick, who was one of the hosts, over social media over the years, you know, just keeping a casual acquaintance. And so I reached out to him one day, gosh, it was in what, April? So yeah, April of last year, I reached out to him and say, hey, would you be interested in just doing the show as, you know, coming on the show as a guest? I'd like to talk to you about the stuff you did at Rock 103, talk to you about the new state, you know, the station he started that's now nine years old. And so we have him on and the conversation goes great. We talk for over an hour. We get about done and he goes, is there anything else you guys want to ask? And I just flat out said, yeah, should we have a job? And... We ended up going to Memphis two weeks later, guesting on his podcast, and left with left in development for the radio show that launched in October of this year. Now your this past year, your radio show it, it's more specific. I mean, it's it's more niche down to certain topic because I know your podcast is is all over the place. I mean, you guys well, the everything. radio show at times is all over the place itself. We have recurring bits that we do each week but as far as who we bring in as a guest i don't we don't limit ourselves to any particular thing we've had anywhere we've had uh we recently had reno collier on as a stand-up comedian that was on the uh, blue collar comedy the next generation okay um we've got coming up tomorrow night we actually have uh uh robert wall who played arliss on hbo and he was uh in uh, Cobb and the 89 Batman with Michael Keaton and, and Jack Nicholson and he was also in uh, oh, Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams oh, yeah, I'm well familiar with his work I, I actually spotted that I was going through y'all's social media stuff and spotted that y'all had that coming up um, I can only imagine what his interview was like he is it is a different kind of, his is more of a conversation. He has as many questions as we do, so. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I, I saw, I, I listened in just briefly on a on a podcast interview he did for somewhere way out west, somewhere out in California, and I think he actually asked the host more questions than the host asked him, so. Uh, so but just such a good guy, um, and I can honestly say we haven't had a bad guest or anybody that I wouldn't welcome back on the show. I can honestly say that. Uh, so, 
radio show is going fantastic podcast going fantastic what's the next chapter for thunder cookies and company See how I well, did that, Devin? Uh, See how I did that? Thunder Cookies and Company. I went ahead and I put you up front on the billing. So that'll be the spinoff uh, show. Yeah, give the co-host. Thunder, give, Thunder give Cookies. The credit. Hey, yeah, Thunder do. Cookies and Company. I love it. That's the new spinoff show. So <laughs> You better find a new company. Wow. Here we go again. All right, man. Give him a second. He's, uh, he's fixing to tell us what's next on the agenda. So. Uh, well, for me, uh, I recently actually started a new show with a new co-host. Oh, my uh, gosh. No, it, it was just a matter of it, it's more down into a niche of cheesy horror, bad B-movies, oh, monster I movies, see. and that kind yeah. of thing, and then a lot of comic-cons and cosplay elements and things of that nature and my co-host happens to be uh, a young lady by the name of Kevlar Kate and she is a cosplayer and she's into that scene so she knows more about that side of it than I did and we've recorded now four four yeah four episodes now so if you're if you're looking for something slightly different that's a, a little crazy uh Go out there and find the new show, which is called Earth Nerds Are Cheesy. Earth Nerds Are Cheesy. That's a cool title. And Kim now, Mark as far Kate as what is... Thunder Cookies is going to do, I don't know. Oh, After this Lord. interview, he may not have a job. Good gracious. You still need somebody to work the computer there, big boy. Now <laughs> <laughs> right, you so... got me back into a corner on that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we know where you're headed. Uh Thunder Cookie's future is is in jeopardy from what I'm hearing, but I have faith he's going to find something to do. Uh, he's right now he's so busy with what you guys have got going on, he doesn't have time to branch out. He's trying to build. No, your I brand. don't. Yeah, he's. I'm he, I'm strapped as he is. <laughs> yeah, he'll let you go out and wander and do your own thing, and he'll just keep everything that y'all got going on rolling. That's that's what he's going to do. So. Um, what any any anything besides the new show you got going on? Anything on the on the near horizon that you guys want? I mean, you you're not you two aren't talking about having like a reunion tour and going back you know through the wrestling region, right? Y'all have y'all officially bad knees and all hung it up, or y'all going? Y'all, y'all gonna, I have. You you've officially you can't you can't go back. Like you're done. I've oh. had two matches in the past three years. So. Holy cow. Two matches in the last three. It might be... Well, well like, I... we did kind of have a retirement tour. I want to thank you, too. The... We did get to appear in the uh, Fool from Memphis music video by Tony Maynard as wrestling commentators, and Thunder Cookies actually got to play a referee, so we did kind of get a send-off. <laughs> I'm just glad you two are not Ric Flaring it and just hanging on until they bury you under the ring. So we were talking about kayfabe earlier. That uh, when people ask me what kayfabe is, I said Ric Flair. That's the easiest way to explain <laughs> it. Yeah, he's, that's he's, pretty much the best way to say it. Yeah. He's gonna live. He's gonna live kayfabe to the day they put him in the ground. So, and I hope so because that's I, I I I love watching that man work. Even when he's not on, he is absolutely hilarious. He absolutely is. Uh, he is a, he is a rich man's version of Jerry Lawler. There, there's a there's a Memphis stab for you right there. Yeah. All right. So, um, like I said, uh, I can't wait to check out what y'all got going on. I, I definitely want to catch the Robert Wool interview, um, and I'm keeping up with you guys because uh, I just I, I think it's an awesome pattern for success what you guys have done. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of model uh, my little podcast after y'all to see if I can have even a moderate amount of success you guys have had. Big mistake. Uh, <laughs> come on now. Don't burst my bubble. I'm, I, I'm, what are you telling me? It's a big mistake. I'm just, I, said, I wouldn't I'm, model what we've done after us. Come on now. You guys can't You can't argue with success, so... Um, like I said, you know, like you were talking about stealing a, a little bit here and there from different, um, like, managers and stuff. Like you were talking about you swiped a little bit from Bobby Heenan, you swiped a little bit from Jim Cornette. 
Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just take a little bit, you know, from, from you, take a little bit from Thunder Cookies, you know, kind of, you know, put in a put in a pan, roll it up, you know, like a, like a biscuit, let it bake, see how it turns out. So, um, you know. Well, I tell you what, if you need it, if you, if you need a fan page for your show, then we are going to wholeheartedly give you the rights to use the name of the Beer Gut Brotherhood if you would like it, sir. Sir, I uh, I actually I, I already have a fan page started on mine. It's not quite as adventurous as the Beer Gut Brotherhood. Um, I actually not that creative. I couldn't even have thought that up. I'm, I'm glad I did see it though because it was quite comical. Um, but like I said, guys, I I can't thank you guys enough for taking time this evening. I, I know y'all guys got a busy schedule. Y'all probably are gonna start somewhere at least. 15 minutes after daylight in the morning getting started on your day so i don't want to keep you guys any longer uh, i do appreciate maddox being on the show and i especially appreciate thunder cookies for a special guest appearance that i didn't even know was going to happen so uh thank You're you welcome. both thank you're you. gonna make your head as big as his belly listen i still think thunder cookies and company would be an awesome spinoff show just putting that out there but i will say this if i see it appear on an internet search I want to know where my royalties are because I created that name. So <laughs> We're going to spell company with a K. You don't get anything. <laughs> okay. You got me on that one. All right. But like I said, I appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to come on my little show. Uh, I'm going to continue to follow you guys because I think a lot of the content you guys uh, put out are, is absolutely hilarious. Um, and like I said, you know, uh, next time I'm in Memphis, I get lost up that way. I'm going to see if I can find y'all. I mean, I know uh, both of y'all actually live in the state of Mississippi. So, uh, well, we're basically a landmark. If you see us standing together, you won't miss us. <laughs> I, I don't guess I can argue that point because I have seen photos. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank y'all again for being on my show tonight. And like I said, um, I'd love to have y'all on later. I know in a, you know, a year from now when y'all are like mega stars within this, this uh, industry, you won't even remember my name or my number. But I'm going to try to contact y'all anyway. All right? Well, I appreciate it. It's been a blast sitting down and talking. We've had a good time, and thank you for having us on. Hey, before y'all get out of here, recap how they can contact you guys with your show titles and, and any social media contacts. Absolutely. You can email us at heavyweightchumps at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MadFatLoud. Or be sure to check out our homepage at MadFatLoud.com. Outstanding. And be sure on Tuesday nights, beginning at 10 p.m., from 10 p.m. to midnight, not until May. Not until uh, May. Uh, for this weekend, and starting in May, it will be from 9 to 11. But be sure that you check out from 10 to 12 this coming Tuesday night. Well, when will this come out? Uh, this episode is actually going to air, uh, this This is Tuesday uh, after Memorial Day. Okay, so okay, you'll be at the nine o'clock run then. Okay, yeah. so you can find us at nine from nine p.m. to eleven p.m. on radio-memphis.com every Tuesday night. Be sure to tune in because you never know what we're going to come up with. I can testify to that, folks. All right, thank you guys again, and I will. Uh, I'll catch y'all on the flip side. Have a great All right, night, fellas. Thank you, sir. And as always, Wally. Out. Hey guys, join me, William Wally, every Tuesday and Friday as I share my thoughts and have engaging discussions with various guests, tackling all types of topics from religion, politics, sports, social media, and also current events and everyday observations from my very own life. Just a small town guy with some big time opinions. Love me or hate me, but you will want to listen in weekly on the podcast, World of Wally.